I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-hosts for today, Pat Ralph and Rachel Galligan. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis. This episode, um, well, we, we're, we're one game into the series of the, fin- of the semifinals, excuse me, getting a little ahead of myself, and well... I mean, they, they were good games. I mean, you know, Mercury got Mercury lost it kind of at the end. But uh, let's do a little quick recap. I'll go first, then Rachel move down the line. Rachel and then Pat. Um, my first thing for the the Atlanta Washington game. My, my we're kind of keeping this to one to two lines. Uh, I don't use periods, so minor no. Uh, but the Dream versus Washington to me, it was basically you know where's Dream's offense. And honestly, Rachel, I think you tweeted this out at one point. This was arguably one of the worst defensive outings for Atlanta all season. So, you know, when Deladon goes off like that and you have other players like Tolliver showing up for parts of the game like she always does, um, they're a scary team. Atlanta needs to show up. Rachel, your thoughts? It's, it's, it's crazy because watching the game, you felt like Washington was more in control than what they actually were. Um, And then you go back and you look at the stat sheet and you realize like how well Atlanta actually did perform. They shot the ball better. They had the same amount of possessions Um, They they, they took care of the basketball. Um, So I'm looking at the stat sheet and it's, I mean, this thing came down to the wire and rightfully so. I mean, Tiffany Hayes comes alive with like in the fourth quarter um, just, just goes off and does what we know Tiffany Hayes can do. Uh, but really, I mean, this was a there was a very small margin between these two teams, and and Atlanta, it, you're right, it, it's on the defensive end of the floor. They weren't able to get enough stops. But I think a key stat in this game that we've not talked about is the efficiency from the Mystics from the free throw line. They finished a perfect twenty mm-hmm. from the free throw line, mm-hmm. um, and in a game and in a series where the margin is so small uh, that 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 is a critical stat moving forward. Yeah, I, I love your one to two lines. Go yeah. go Pat. Yeah, so I think, I mean, for me, two lines here is that I'd say number one is I picked the Mystics in the series because I felt that, you know, uh, the ability of Elena Deladon to take over a series, they have, the Mystics have a player who can take over this series, and you have someone who can just say, give me the ball, I'll take it over, this is mine, this is my game. And we saw that in game one, and 32 points comes out, um, and really Washington, like you said, Rachel, just felt like they you go back and watch the game like I went back and watched some of the highlights and stuff like just from the start you go back and realize like they really came out and set the tempo early and had control of the game from the opening tip and stuff but if you're Atlanta you've got to be feeling really good because again Elena Deladon put up 32 points the Mystics were making threes with their I mean some of these threes that were going in that Tolliver had and you know Atkins was hitting just like these were some ridiculous threes that like, I mean, just, it was their day, you know? So, um, they, you know, they made, they were shooting well from three that Atlanta didn't have their best defensive game. They struggled yet. They only lost by three. So they've got to be feeling good knowing like coach, you know, Nikki Collins got to be feeling good knowing it's like, Hey, we played really hard. We, it's not that we didn't compete. We competed, we played hard and we, all we have to do is just defend a little bit better I, Elena Deladon, you know, I don't think she'll go off for 32 again in every single game. Um, 
you know, Atlanta's got to be feeling good going into the game too. That if they just play a little bit better defensively, they should winning on uh, Tuesday night. Well, and also just it, it's interesting. I'm curious, Rachel, from your perspective. We all three of us talked about Atlanta's defense. Yeah, talk to me about Atlanta's offense though, because. And for me, uh, from an untrained eye at certain points, I kept just being like, Atlanta couldn't buy a shot. Yeah, but then you look at the stat sheet, and they actually shot the ball better than Washington. Um, yep. I yeah. think that actually probably most of that transpired in that fourth quarter. Um, they they were kind of able, and it all started with Tiffany Hayes, was able to get going. I think she had about seven points going into the fourth, uh, finished up with 17. So, so she definitely was, um, you know, ign- – igniting that run if you will where it was able to kind of not not that the game was ever out of hand it certainly was not I'm just saying she you know kind of ignited that down the stretch where they kind of like offensively came to life um they shot the ball well now they did not shoot the ball well from the three-point line but there's nothing really new there I think the difference of the game is is another point is is Washington got them to take um you know, 20, 21 threes and a team that's probably one, one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league. That's, that was probably part of the plan is hey, you know, we want them to shoot contested jumpers out there. Um, but, you know, you know, offensively, I mean, Atlanta, you know, they, they, they did what they do. You know, they had four players in double figures. Um, a lot of times they've had five. So that like at the end of the game, they were in it. It was right there. Um, offensively that to me, it wasn't the issue. They got to the free throw line more times than the mystics did. So they won the free throw battle. And just in in terms of attempts, um, I think they took a couple too many threes and they weren't able to get enough stops. You know, this, this game was, was lost on the defensive end of the floor. Pat. Yeah. Do you think, well, I wanted to ask you, uh, your, your head coach, or or I guess what's your take on no timeout on the last inbound? Well, I think it's interesting. It's just like it's it's one of those things where you kind of – I mean, every coach kind of has their own thing on it and stuff and does their own thing. Um, you know, some just – I mean, I would have called a timeout. Um, you have it. You don't want to waste it. Um, that stuff you don't – you know, at the end of a game, you know, you've got to be able – you could draw something up. You could get a better position with the ball or at least just – you could you could help your case out there. Um, I would use it, but, you know, I, I, going back a little bit, just, you know, towards the, you know, the thing with the Atlanta dream offense, like you're saying, you know, talking about like, I, for me, that's my concern with them is they're a great defensive team and they can, they can, they have the potential where they could easily like, you know, the next three games, they could easily lock the mystics up and the series over, or they get Phoenix or Seattle in the finals and they can just lock both of them up and it's done. And Atlanta, we, you know, you know, could be the champions before we know it. Um, my, my thing with them has been like, they don't have the, the, again, Tiffany Hayes is a great score, but she's not a score like Elena Deladon is, or she does. And then the thing with Seattle and Phoenix is they have multiple bucket getters and not just multiple, like, Oh, like we can score a bit like, Oh, like we're some of the best scores who can like take over games, like multiple of that. So I think that, and you need that in those, you know, depth, you know, depth and, and having a bench gets you, there's a saying gets you to the playoffs and gets you to the finals what wins you at the end of the day is the stars. And I think that that can make a difference. So, but yeah, going back to the timeout thing, I think you don't want to waste those at the end of a game. And um, that's, you know, especially just, well, there was like points, there was like 0.5 seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know what, it's interesting. And you know what, it's, we may look back on it and you're looking at with the rest of the series, like, man, should they have done that? Should they not? 
Um, but we'll see. It's is that everybody is that coaches do it differently, and some coaches prefer to do that, others don't. So it's kind of at the coach's discretion, and just you know, everybody does it. You know, does it differently. Rachel, so, uh, that's something that I kind of wanted to ask you. Also, is do you think that falls more so on the player who's doing the inbound or the coach? Mm, that's probably situational. Um, my initial reaction would say the coach, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. That, you know. You, Teams have, teams have different identities. Teams have different end-of-game uh, mentalities. And, and there's there's understandings there between the players, the coaches, and, and in those different types of situations where, you know, just your casual viewer doesn't always understand that. Um, a lot of that's instincts and, and understanding, like, letting players go make plays. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's, the, there's the mindset of, like, let's not call a timeout because we don't want to give them a chance to, you know, set up or maybe potentially run something different that throws us off. So, there's a lot of factors that go into play there, um, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, probably the right call was made. You, you gotta these, these guys have been together since you know May. Yeah, um, we've been together nonstop, and, and these coaches know when and when not to make those calls. So one one thing that's that's just jumping out at me at the stat line when we talk about Atlanta and their defense and sorry to miss six fans I mean you guys kind of just dominated throughout the game and then as you said Rachel uh, at the end it kind of they were able to pick it up for Atlanta to make the stats look a little bit better but all right look at this stat all right total turnovers four turnovers for the Mystics and eight for Atlanta which has got to be like a playoff low for total amount of turnovers in a game I'm actually gonna bring that up that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, from Washington. That yeah, was good call. Very good call. Yeah, that's a. Big and then you can't. well, even beyond that, look. But Pat, I just want to point out. Yeah. Look up at the steals. Yes, six steals for Washington and zero for Atlanta. Yeah, that's that's remarkable. I mean, I mean Washington. That's the thing with them this year. They take care of the basketball. I mean, they're a smart team. They play smart. They're disciplined. They're focused. I mean, that's a, that's a coach. That's a Tebow coach team. I mean, they're not going to make a lot of dumb mistakes. Um, you know, this the floor. His team's floor is very high. Um, the ceiling might not get high, with some people critique, <laughs> um, but the floor is very high, which is why you can. They're a pretty consistent playoff teams, and always are going to be. You know, punching around for you know in the playoffs and stuff. But that's really impressive to see Washington play well defensively. Again, it goes back to what we we're saying. This wasn't Atlanta's best defensive game, yet they only lost by three. So. Atlanta has got to be feeling good knowing we're going to play better defensively. They're not going to – I just cannot foresee this happening two nights in a row. Um, they're going to do this. They're going to play better defensively. And they know that the Mystics are not going to make – most likely are not going to go – you know, they're going to – you know, some of those threes that were going in for Washington on Sunday are not going to go in on Tuesday night. And Elena Deladon is not going to just have this superhuman – you know, she may, but she may not have this superhuman, uh, you know, performance. So I, I, I think – um, you know, Atlanta, it, again, it was just one of these things where probably that was one of the worst performances defensively that we've seen from Atlanta since like the first week or two of the season. Yeah, Rachel, I want you to talk about that real quick. So I know you want to say something about that. And then we're going to get into predictions slash your two key players, one on each team. No, I just think they're impressive, impressive stats. I mean, you know, to, to only have 12 12- 12 combined turnovers uh, between both teams is, and I think we're going to have a, a replica of that on Tuesday night. I really do. I think, um, 
a lot of it is kind of, you know, again, the IQ that we're talking about and how well both of these teams are coached. Um, the steel, the steel thing is, is a factor, um, you know, again, defensively for Atlanta, you know, was, was the mindset more so, well, let's kind of be on our heels and let's play a safe, um, and, and hope that we get Washington missing shots from the perimeter. Um, because I think that's one way you can look at it, you know, with Washington kind of living and dying, not necessarily all the time, but, but by that three ball, um, that's kind of what, what this offense has been about is, Getting, as, getting up as many threes within rhythm uh, that makes sense within their offense. Maybe, hey, let's just hope that they're missing shots and we can get them to, to, to miss threes and we can rebound the basketball because we know that that's what we do well. Um, but I don't know. I almost felt like like Atlanta almost played it a little too safe, in my opinion, and it shows um, in, that, in that steel line. All right, Rachel. I want you to hit me with your game predictions for game two and then, or before, your choice. One player from each team that you find as the most important, the key to that team winning the next game or the series. Okay, uh, game two, Washington missed or the Mystics taking on Atlanta. I have got Atlanta winning this one. Um, I think Mystics are going to struggle from the three point line. Um, for the Mystics, I'm going to really reinvent the wheel here and get really philosophical. I'm going to go with Elena Deladon. Wow, so original! Wow, never heard of Ooh. that one. Hot take. Hot take right there. (laughs) She has a lot of weight on her shoulders. You know, I think in order for them to win this series, she's going to have to – I mean, she's – I mean, I I don't know that it's feasible to say she needs to get 30 a night, but she's got to be in the upper 20s, in my opinion, um, to give this – to give them a chance. Uh, For Atlanta, I'm going to go with Elizabeth Williams. Um, Her playing well, her coming up with a double-double each night. Um, She's pretty consistent. She's pretty steady. Uh, but being able to give them another 15 and 14 um, and just be as efficient as she is, she is being, you know, shooting the ball well, taking smart shots, getting herself to the free throw line. Uh, she's such a key factor to what they do night in and night out. Moving on. All right. So you, prediction, yeah. I am also going what with Atlanta. Got? I think they'll tie it up. Um, the thing with the dream for me is like I've always felt this way this year is that for them, they need to establish themselves early and often. They need to establish that tempo and that defensive intensity from the tip. They didn't do that in game one. You saw that the Mystics got off to a strong start, strong start shooting the ball, and that kind of set the, set the tone for the rest of the afternoon, even though they only lost by three. Um, Atlanta needs to come out aggressive, and I think they will. They're gonna, they know their backs are against the wall. They're down 1-0. They don't want to go down 2-0 with the possibility of getting swept or being bounced out in four. Uh, on Washington's home floor. So I think they're going to come out with energy. I think they're going to come out ready to play, like, you know, ready to play and set that tone defensively. I don't think, like Rachel said, I don't think Washington's going to shoot as well as they did in game one. I think they're going to regress to the mean a little bit. Um, and I think Atlanta ties up. They're too good of a defensive team, I think, to lose two in a row at home. This is a well coached team. They play hard, they're physical. Um, and I'll go with that. So my key players. For me, I'll start with Washington on this. I am going to be not as original as Rachel and say Elena Deladon. Um, I am going to go with Christy Tolliver. Um, I believe Tolliver, you know, Panda, I love her nickname. And, you know, I know she shot 3 of 13 in game one from the field. And I know she only finished with eight. But, you know, to excuse my language, but, uh, you know, Panda's got some cojones. And um, she shows up to play in the playoffs. And... Um, you know, she just like, I remember this, you know, you last year against the Liberty in that 
second round game. I mean, she just she sent the Liberty home individually. She just sent them home or something. She said to the rest of the Mystics, "Go home. I got this." And she took care of it. She can do that, and she's got that. She doesn't have to score a lot to have a big impact on both ends of the floor. And she's got leadership. She has the experience from her days in LA that she's brought here to Washington. I just love her poise and, t- and intensity on the floor. So I will go with Christy Tolliver. Panda is a force to be reckoned with. And then Atlanta, I got to go with Jessica Breland. Um, she's their best defensive player. Uh, one can make the case she could have been defensive player of the year. She could be, could be defensive player of the year this year. Um, she's been one of the best in the league. She's really an anchor for that defense. And what she does too is she's a great rebounder. She had nine boards uh, against um, Washington in game one. Uh, just like Elizabeth Williams is able to really control the glass. And I think that she's going to be key to limiting second chance opportunities for Washington in this game um, to keep them at one shot only, uh, one and out possession. So uh, I will go with Jessica Breland for the uh, dream. And now I'll pass it back over to you, Ari, for your thoughts. Uh, I hate hate to agree with you guys, but I I think Atlanta wins the game. Um, For many, many reasons that you guys all said, the one thing I'll, I'll put the cherry on the top. In the press game conference after the, the post-game press game, the post-game presser, <laughs> tongue twister, uh, Coach T talked about, and all the players talked about, the importance of an early start on the road and how they learned it last year with Minnesota. And the ability to get steal a win at home can kind of flip the pressure to the higher-seeded team. So in my mind, uh, reading between the lines, this team was extremely motivated for game one. I see that motivation, not in, in don't take this in like a too negative way. I see that motivation kind of trickling down a little bit. They feel like, all right, Atlanta's back's against the wall. We've put the pressure on them. I expect DC to come out less fiery and Atlanta to pull off a nice win. For me, I'm going to reinvent the wheel, Tiffany Hayes. Uh, Tiffany Hayes, with Angel gone, Tiffany Hayes needs to be on that caliber. Like you talked about, you know, even, Pat, even teams, depth gets you to the playoffs. But there needs to be a player to step up to win the championship. Obviously, Renee Montgomery has that experience and brings that to the dream. For me, to win it, it's Tiffany Hayes. For Washington, somebody I have never hyped up. All right, I'm not even going to pretend. Natasha Cloud, never hyped her up. case, never hyped match, her. story. Nah, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, it comes down to her completely in my mind. I've talked about this a billion times, so I won't even waste the time, but she runs the wheel for this team. Uh, moving on to Phoenix versus Seattle. I'll go first with my one to two lines, and then we'll go Rachel, and then we'll go Pat. Uh, honestly, like my one line for Seattle is they are Seattle. They played like Seattle. My one line for, for Phoenix is where the heck was Brittany Griner? Rachel, you're up. Oh, this was a frustrating one for Phoenix. Um, This was one of those games where you're on the road. You are not going to get any calls. You've got, you know, X number of thousands of fans just like heckling you, going at you. I mean, Key Arena was absolutely like out of control the other day. Um, it's a hostile environment. It. It's, It's a very difficult situation. You're not getting any calls. We saw Tarazi almost lose her mind before halftime. Um, every call that was made, you know, Phoenix was was reacting to it. So I felt like they were able to kind of get in their heads pretty early on. Um, 
not necessarily Tarazi, not necessarily Bonner, maybe Griner a little bit, who who was very frustrated. Um, but but it kind of took Phoenix out of their rhythm. It took them. They, they were kind of like shook a little bit in their heads, and whatever it was, I don't know. But they weren't like running down the island and, and doing what Phoenix did. So it this was not the Phoenix team we late. This was a very very frustrating uh, game for them. Where really nothing was going your uh, going their way, and and you need it to when you're in when you're at at Seattle, you're at, you know at the best teams like like you're in their home court. I mean, you need things to go your way. So I felt like they didn't necessarily handle that adversity the best. I I think it got better in the fourth quarter. This is way longer than two sentences, so I apologize. Um, but but you know it's, they're going to have to be better between the ears mentally. And this is everybody. This is just a few of them. Um, you know, on Tuesday night to give themselves a chance. Well, for me, from looking at it from Phoenix and Seattle's perspective, I think Phoenix, you mentioned it, both you mentioned, you know, especially you already about Brittany Griner. I mean, they need more from her in game two if they're going to have a chance. I mean, you cannot, to get only 13 points out of her and only four rebounds, you need more. Um, and I know she had five fouls. It was just a frustrating game like Rachel was talking about for them. Um, I mean, if this series, if this game is going to be what this series is, if if this is a foreshadow of what's to come, I think we're getting a five-game series. I mean, these two teams are fun to watch. A lot of offense getting up and down the court. Both teams shot the ball really well. It was a good offensive game for both teams. Um, Phoenix, you need to get to the line more. I mean, the, the Mercury are a team that can slow. I, I wrote about this. Slow the game down. Don't try to outrun Seattle. I know that Phoenix can run, but don't try to outrun them because that's the storm. Like that's that is only advantage them. That's how they are going to try to win these games by running teams off the floor in a blowout. Slow the game down and try to get to the line more. I mean, they only got to the line ten times. If Phoenix can get to the line twenty plus, it's very hard to beat this team. And I bet they'll get there when they play. They might not get there in game two, but in game three or four, they may get there in Phoenix. Um, Obviously, I think the other thing here is for Seattle, like you guys mentioned, Seattle is Seattle. It's a really good team. There's a reason they've been the most consistent and the best team in the league this year. And frankly, we saw in this game that both teams have a lot of star power. There's six all-stars in this game, in this series, compared to the Atlanta-Washington series, which has, correct me if I'm wrong, there's uh, two because Angel McCautry's hurt. So there's two because Christy Tolliver and Elena Deladon. So we have six in this series, but what makes the difference is the Storm have a little bit more, and that's of depth. And yes, the, I talked about before, the star powers make the difference, but in this case, you have a bench player, like you said, you have four in, uh, they almost have like a big four between Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, Joel Lloyd, and Natasha Howard, and that's just able to make the difference. And so, um, you know, I, I think, but I think if this is a sign of what's to come in this series, I think we're, we could get five games. I think this could go to the distance. Oh, it definitely can. And, and looking at the game, it's something that – well, I want your guys' take on this. Rachel and Pat or just Rachel because Rachel normally knocks out of the park and then we're like, well, what are we going to say? Um, my question for you is at times I kind of looked at it and I was like, is Seattle just a team that is similar to the Mercury – but everything the Mercury do, Seattle does better. I, I really like that. I mean, possibly. Um, I think, you know, I, I give or take, you know, obviously a, a lot of different pieces, but um, I just. Stewie, like, like I'm just going to run it down real quick. Yeah, Stewie yeah. and Bonner. Okay. 
Griner and Howard. You know, obviously Griner and Howard are, are is a little bit diff, but fine. And then you got then you got uh, Jewel Lloyd and Sue like Jewel Lloyd and Sue Bird kind of play Tarasi esque together in their own way. Um, I, I don't I don't know that that's just the way I look at it. That they they never, have that that I've never thought of it that speed. way. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, it I I just I. I don't know. I, I kind of have this eerie sense in my mind that like, like it's not going to go to five. I think Seattle is just like, they're just that much better than Phoenix. Right. I mean, right now from what we saw the other night, like, I, and I don't know that I am a huge fan of where the Mercury's headspace is and, and maybe they'll bounce back. I'm not sure, but Seattle is like, I mean, they are such a unit. They are all on the same page. You don't see them losing their heads and turning on each other and all that crazy stuff. I mean, they're completely on a mission and it's going to take like your best night to even have a chance to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. I are you literally as, as the great meatloaf once said, you took the words right out of my mouth. They, the, um, I was actually, when I was doing some prep, I was kind of going through some stuff and I was taking some notes and I'm like, these, these two teams have like the exact same numbers, but I kept saying to myself, but the Storm are just a little bit better. Like the Fer- Mercury are a really good offensive team, but the Storm are a little bit better. Like the the Mercury are a good defensive team, but the Storm are a little bit better. Like it's like every little statistical category, they're like very close. But like the Storm, it's like the same. It's like they're both the same style. I, I wrote about it. they're both like a run and gun style. They both want to get up and down the court, shoot a lot of threes. I mean, I mean there was a combined. Uh, how many combined threes that were? There's 58 threes taken in this game, uh, in game one. Um, they, both teams want to run and they want to get out and open the floor and shoot. But it's like Phoenix does it good, Seattle does it a little bit better. So like I think that might just be a difference. And it's like Rachel said, like it's going to take Phoenix. Like I said, this the question is not Phoenix's offense. Phoenix is going to get plenty of offense. The question is, are they going to get enough defense where they can slow Seattle down and and be able to turn it any bit into a grind? Um, because it, see, like I said, Seattle in a close game, I was impressed. They were able to execute down the stretch when that game got hairy in the fourth quarter. But you know, Phoenix has to be able to. Um, they've got to be able to find that and be able to you know get those stops because. You know, as I said, they're just Seattle's again. Phoenix is really good. I think Seattle's just a little bit better, and so. Um, but Phoenix, it, it's it's just yeah. It's it, I thought the exact same thing. It's funny you mentioned that. It's 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 just wild to look at. There, there's so many things about this game that that just really have me going and. I, I don't want to piss off the Mercury fans, but I feel like someone has to say it. Yes, the Mercury have that history of amazingness and lots of wins. They also have an abundance of history of losing in the semis. So, uh, like, it, it always bothers me when people are like, oh, you know, the Mercury are the most poised team and they have the experience, they know how to handle this. I'm like, yeah, but we've also seen them just completely disappear in these fi- in these semifinals and just not have the ability to go that next step. Will that be the thing that, you know, to some extent defines some of these players' careers will be interesting for me to see. Um, I, I, I don't uh, know. Rachel, your thoughts? I mean, are we doing the players now? Are we going through the players as to who we feel like the, the biggest people? Yeah, that's, that's a good segue. Let, let's talk about it. Give us Rachel, when, then Pat, then, then I get to go last. Lucky me. When it comes to uh, Phoenix. Predictions um, and players. 
I'm going to do the players first. When it comes to Phoenix, Dewana Bonner and Diana Tarazi have have been two of the most consistent high-level players in the league this year. Um, From top to bottom, the numbers they've put up, the things they've done. If Brittany Griner has not elevated her level up there into the big three, they don't stand a chance. Um, Unless out of nowhere, somebody has a career night, whether it's, you know, Grand January, Talbot goes off, you know, it's going to take something like that to kind of make up for it. But Brittany Griner cannot disappear for them to have a chance. Um, So for Phoenix, she's the key um, in in this matchup on Tuesday for Seattle. I don't want to steal this from either one of you, but I'm going Natasha Howard. What she brings to the table here, the energy, the way she plays. Um, obviously, I could you could go from top to bottom. The, the 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 players on this team who make such a difference, but, but Natasha Howard, especially in this matchup against Brittany Griner, um, and how she kind of how they go at it with one another is 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 pivotal. It's crucial. Um, I think Seattle's going to win. I think they're going to pull out. They're going to go ahead 2-0. Well, for, uh, for me, I think for Phoenix, you mentioned Brittany Griner. I will go with Dewana Bonner because of her ability to do a little bit of everything for this team. She rebounds well. She defends. She can take the opposing team's best player. She can score. You saw her the other day at double-double again, 27-13. and 13. She's having an amazing playoffs, and she just gave birth to two kids last year. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, she it's did. amazing. Um, she's just having no an amazing season. And – um, you know, she's just been incredible and she can just do, she can do everything. It's like, Oh, can, who do we need? Oh, Dewana Bar, she can do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. We need somebody who can, who can distribute on offense. Oh yeah. Dewana Bar can do it. Oh, we need somebody who can rebound and can guard, uh, you know, Stewie for a few possessions. Oh, Dewana Bar can do that. Like she's got the length. She's got the speed. Um, she's crucial because she can just do everything and help out. And like you said, Brittany Grinder, if she doesn't elevate her play, Phoenix is going nowhere, but Bonner's kind of able to do, you know, she's kind of like the handyman or the handywoman in a sense. Like, she can kind of take care of all the little dirty work and do, you know, kind of like the Natasha Howard of the Mercury can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, for the Storm, uh, I got to go with Sue Bird. Um, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, she's the she's the captain of the ship. She's the leader. Um, Stewie's their best player. She's their MVP. But as they go, so does – as Stewie, as Sue Bird goes, so goes the team. She's the leader. She's the point guard. She is the point god. Uh, she can set the tone. Um, she's been doing it for years. She has a championship experience, and she just knows at 37, she's still just so good at setting the tempo and getting everyone involved and knowing where everyone is on the court and setting, getting Seattle out and running and getting them in transition. She's the one that gets that going for them. So um, if she's going and getting them out and running and pushing it and able to find her teammates, as she, she almost always is, um, I, I like their chance. She had 10 assists uh, in game one, a 10 points, 10 assists, uh, you know, only shot four, 10 from the field, but she makes a huge impact and stuff. And she's the leader of that team. So uh, give me Sue Bird for the storm. I'm going to take the Mercury though. I think the Mercury tie it up. Um, I think they bounce back. This team has proven they can. Um, I think they get it done on the road, um, tie the series up at one. I think Tarazi has a good game. I think Griner wakes up. I think Tarazi gets in her face and wakes her up a bit. Um, I think Bonner has a good game. I think Stephanie Talbot, I think she has a little bit of a better game. I think she steps up, gives them a little more, like she did in the uh, the Dallas game. So um, let's see what happens. But I'm going to pick Phoenix to tie this series up. A bold claim, a bold prediction by both of you. Um, I... I I got to agree with Rachel. For me, for Phoenix, it's completely Brittany Griner. Does she show up? Does she not show up? 
for Seattle, I'm going to go with a player many people have forgotten, and that's Alicia Clark. And the reason I'm going with Clark is, as I talked about, all right, you got Stewie and Bonner matching up. You got Howard and Griner matching up. You got Bird and Lloyd matching up with uh, with Tarasi, and not, not to hate on Talbot or January. But I think when it comes down to that, there's going to be a lot of attention going around. And when you have a lot of attention going around, players like Clark can get lost in the fold and have a really big game. Let's not forget, you know, role players like Renee Montgomery, who really stepped up. Role players like uh, Chelsea Gray, who stepped up, just referencing a few of the past finals and playoff runs. For me, that's what's going to be the decider. Um, honestly, I don't have a lot of faith in Brittany Griner stepping up. I think she will show up for at least one of the games in the series. But as I predicted uh, on an episode or two ago with, so with just Rachel, out. sorry, Pat, uh, in my <laughs> opinion, if Seattle – I know, right? Uh, I, I would not be surprised if Seattle gets the sweep. I think if Seattle wins it, it's in three or five. And I got Seattle winning it. Right now I'm thinking three, so I got Seattle winning next game. Um, wow. I, I, I don't know if that's a crazy take, but but that's the take. And, and that's the show. This has been the WNBA Insider Show. I'm R.A. Schwartz, Rachel Galligan, Pat Ralph. Each week, different topics important to the W, X's and O's, along with key stats to bring honest and critical analysis.